1: Well, hey, everybody. I am really thrilled about uh, this edition of the Passion Purpose podcast because I have literally uh, family with me today, and it is such a joy to have my son, Caleb, my nephew, Brandon, my daughter, Lauren, and my son-in-law, Brady Lane. And, uh, you know, these guys are not only blood family to me, uh, but they have grown up in the movement and are now at that place where as young leaders, they're saying, hey, how can we influence the movement and change the world? And uh, they uh, represent hopefully thousands of young people that we've had a chance to touch and be a part of people's lives and everything else. But what I love about these guys is that they're all in, not partly in. They're they're all in, and they have a passion for this coming generation. And and, and I want to say, you know, for from my heart. One of the promises of God for us was out of Psalm one hundred three seventeen that if Lord, I'll fear the Lord and the leaders who started this would fear the Lord, that righteousness would extend to generation after generation. And um, it is such a joy to sit here in the room together and say, hey, God's answering that prayer. And you guys own fear of God and your own response to God is really uh, the longevity of the kingdom of God. So thank you guys. And um, looking forward to hanging out today for a few minutes. So, um, hey, I know that we've talked a lot about this phrase revival and reformation, especially with this fresh generation um, uh, that's coming up, millennials and Gen Z and all that. And that's who you guys are, you're in that window now. So Kayla, why don't you start us off, talk a little bit about What does Revival and Reformation mean to you? Where's that phrase uh, ignited in your own heart? A little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I think to rewind a little bit, in 2016 to
2: 2017, I was in Greece uh, with a great team that uh, Antioch had sent out there for the refugee crisis. And um, we had been there about six months, seeing God do some amazing things. And one of the beautiful things about working Uh, in that context is, of course, we're preaching the gospel, planting churches, wanting to see God move, and at the same time, there's a very, very real practical need that that we could meet, and so we were in the refugee camp, serving people, hearing the most heartbreaking stories I've ever heard in my life, uh, kind of putting in the grunt work to say, how do we be the hands and feet of Jesus to meet practical needs, Uh, and, uh, like I was saying, wanting to share the love of God as well. So we've been in that about six months. It was an incredible experience and I remember I was sitting in a coffee shop uh, praying about what was next and I felt like the Lord brought to mind the story of William Wilberforce mm-hmm. and a lot of people yeah. might be familiar with him great reformer late 1700s yeah. in the UK he led the abolition of the slave trade yeah. and um, but I felt like God brought his story to mind and specifically a, a famous quote of his where he says the Lord has placed before me two great objects the abolition of the slave trade mm-hmm. And what he called the reformation of manners, which is kind Mm -hmm. of an old English way of saying we want to take on this great evil, the slave trade. We also want to change the way society thinks Mm -hmm. specifically about the poor and the broken, that they have dignity, Mm -hmm. that they have value. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from his context, he loved Jesus. And so I want to see they're made in the image of God. How do we bring that to bear or let it see it realized in society? Uh, And so he has this quote. Uh, mm. And he pulled together this incredible group of friends called the Clapham Group, totally worth reading into mm-hmm. uh, about their story. But they were from all these different spheres of society, art, government, um, business, etc. And they would gather around these issues. They all loved Jesus. And they would say, okay, the slave trade's an evil. How do we bring all of our talents, gifts, networks right. bear to take this thing on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did this throughout their life. And so just a beautiful story of, of love of Jesus, live in the kingdom out. So I'm sitting in this coffee shop, reminded of this phrase, and I feel like the Lord uh, speaks to me, and he says, Caleb, I, I've placed before you two great objects. And, uh, you know, I pull up my pen, and I'm like, okay, what are those? And I feel like the Lord says, revival of the human heart and the reformation of society. Yes. So revival oh. and reformation, and not yeah. specifically not one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. if you know, I mean, we all grew up in church. It's like we tend to swing on the pendulum and say right. it's all about this, or it's all about that. And I, I believe... Only in the kingdom can it be all about both. Yeah. Like fusing yeah. together, we have to have hearts revived because uh, it's the great story. It's mm-hmm. the great narrative. The God's redeeming people to himself. Uh, and at the same time, he wants to reconcile, like it says uh, uh, in Colossians 1, all things yes. uh, to himself. And so mm-hmm. how do we do that? How do, and I think a lot of young people, I, I feel this in my own heart, as many I've talked to, uh, we have a desire to say, okay, we're working 40, 50 hours a week on something that isn't necessarily vocational ministry. How, does this actually have value? And like, of course it does, because God wants to be a part of every aspect of our lives, but really wrestling with, okay, what does that really look like in practice? Um, so that's kind of how this thing started. And for us, we had a handful of friends who loved Jesus, had been a part of the movement for a long time, and felt really passionate about things like international development, business government, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so we just started gathering together and we would sit in these rooms and we would just dream about what would it look like to radically love Jesus together and see society transformed. So Mm -hmm. revival and reformation. And uh, maybe maybe I'll just bring up kind of two other words that have been um, uh, really powerful for us one is uh some of us know a lot of us gathered together um at the end of 2019 uh just pulled together 100 or so young adults from the movement to, to kind of cast vision for this and uh, one of the things i felt like the lord was speaking coming in was we all know the isaiah 54 2 and 3 word mm-hmm. that we have over our movement you know mm-hmm. spread abroad to the right and the left your descendants mm-hmm. will dispossess nations and here at desolate cities and i feel like the lord was speaking in my heart for our generation to really step into that calling, it's going to have to be the marrying of the Isaiah 54, two and three vision mm-hmm. uh-huh. with a Philippians two heart. Good. And it's Good. like both of those things. Again, it's like we're called to this great vision, mm-hmm. but if humility is not embedded in us, if it's not about us, uh, or if it's not, not about us, um, then we're not going to make it. Um, okay. And so when we gathered together, we were talking about this idea of, okay, when Jesus says he wants to reconcile all things to himself. Right. What does it look like to bring or be an agent of reconciliation in mm-hmm. business, in government? I want to look at this thing and say, I want to redeem it for the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. for the glory of God, so people are loved and served. And so they come to the knowledge of Jesus mm-hmm. and are transformed. Um, so that, that, that's kind of the heart for us. And uh, I think it's been a journey of, uh, of learning, okay, what does it actually look like in practice.
1: Yeah, so let me ask a question off that. You know, Philippians 2, just to remind everybody, what does that mean to you, a Philippians 2 heart?
2: Yeah, um, so Philippians 2 talks about, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain Mm -hmm. conceit. right? It's a beautiful passage we we talk about a lot, but I think it's verse five where it says, have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus. The ESV says it's actually yours in Christ Jesus, which is a really powerful thought. But it, then it talks about who he was in the very nature of God, but he didn't consider right. equality of God's Son to be grasped. He made himself nothing. And it was in his humility, his laying down of his life, God then exalted him to the highest place. Right. And so to me, that means, um, I mean, we all know this, right? Like we, uh, we live in a time where, whether it's on social media or just generally, like the face I put in front of people Really matters, and people spend a lot of time crafting that. Like, I want people to know that I care really deeply about people. That I'm really good looking. That I, like, it's you yeah. know, go down the list. I, I actually have the whole package, and I, a lot of it's kind of a farce. You just kind of stick it out there. Um, but for I, I think for me, the conviction was like, we cannot be in, if we're in this thing for ourselves. It's just there have been so many people, even if you look throughout history, that had a desire to change the world, and often started for good reasons. But like when you go into it with a with a seed of pride, even if you're saying the right stuff, right. it eventually, one, unravels, but two, it doesn't produce the fruit that you're looking for, right? Because yeah. it's like a bad tree bears bad fruit. Wow. Um and so that for me is like like, and man, I say it with fear and trembling because in my own sure. heart, I'm like, it feels like always a battle to say, Lord, crucify the selfish ambition in my wow. heart. Yeah. I know we're called to step into this, but if we do it. Uh, in the wrong spirit it's going to produce bad fruit sure and i don't think it's going to be a one-time thing like i mm-hmm. think it literally is a day-to-day right take up your cross daily
1: mm-hmm. um, and that's what jesus models awesome awesome mm-hmm. well hey let me brandon let me just launch off of that sure. just i know there's a lot of words that god is been is speaking has been speaking mm-hmm. so uh but on this whole topic of revival and reformation what would be kind of a key word you're carrying that you feel like hey i'm this is this is what's getting me up in the morning and, and stirring me forward uh, and to invite my friends and invite the world in, too.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, before, r- real quick before that, what I'm thinking about on what you're saying about um, about humility, I'm even thinking about my, my role kind of in this crew sometimes is we all carry each other's roles and sure, different sure. hats. But the thing I, I really carry the torch for is the revivalist side. Yes. Right. And um, I am even thinking about what you're saying, for a revivalist it's really easy to check our hearts pure before the Lord's mission, like thinking about the Lord, but not always thinking about others. Right. That my humility is not just my selfish ambition unto the Lord's vision, but also unto the vision of the whole body. Right. And as a as a forerunner it's easy to get fixed on the Lord's mission and not with everybody else. And so that's something that's, that's constantly been for me is as a part revivalist, my heart can be pure before the Lord, but it's pure before man at yeah. the same time and running together towards the Lord's vision. But That's cool. I'd say for for us, it's really, I feel the word for us as a generation is to reclaim the house of prayer together. Yeah, absolutely. That Isaiah 56, 6 and 7. Yes. It says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Mm. And uh, And... You know, I even, I even think about our generation, how David passed on to Solomon the the mission to build the temple of God. Mm. And I think about our generation, this Antioch movement, is the, as there's been, there's the tent has been built, mm. uh, but it's time for a tabernacle, mm. a, a temple, a sustained temple that is fulfilled, that is walking forward and mm-hmm. carrying the torch for our generation and for, for the generations to come. So just feeling in my heart, one of the main things is for this generation to, to claim uh, that Isaiah fifty six six and seven word and build it out mm-hmm. to claim it for ourselves that it's been passed down to us and to to mm-hmm. build that temple for the Lord and yeah. um, to minister to Him as as priests as kingdom of priests as it says in Revelation mm-hmm. five. So that's kind of what I'm burning for personally mm-hmm. and. Uh, And again, that desire has been passed on to me by you and by Mm -hmm. by many others. And Mm -hmm. it was your messages and the messages Mm -hmm. of others who've gone before Mm -hmm. that placed that inside me. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I would say that's really key. And then also just the Joel 2 thing that Mm -hmm. that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. flesh. The sons and daughters would prophesy and constantly contending... Uh, with that uh, Joel, 2, for that Joel 2 anointing, and I heard it mm. once said that a Psalm 2 crisis, mm. like we're in, requires a Joel 2 response. Mm. Rend your hearts, not your garments. That's good. That will lead to an Acts 2 outpouring. Come on. And, and I add, mm. ending and resulting in a Second Timothy 2 2 discipleship movement. Mm. Ooh, so that's I what I like believe in for our generation. Yeah. <laughs> a in the agreement. midst of the Psalm yeah. 2 chaos, yeah. yeah. there would be a Joel 2 response uh-huh. resulting in Acts 2 yeah. outpouring. And a Second Timothy two two to stop. Come on, Let's go, Dad. man! Come on, Let's you! To
2: yeah, answer.
0: sure. sure.
1: Uh,
2: see what I love about like the the interplay between revival and reformation, and mm-hmm. this has been so fun for our group because we all carry this heart for revival, mm-hmm. and at the same time, we're all oriented a little differently toward okay, you know, what's sure. the practical outplay sure. of transforming society, and mm-hmm. this is my sphere or this thing that's right. sure. given me. But what I've become more and more convinced of is. It's not just like it's a good idea that the two have each other. Like right. oh, they to. they have to you have know. each other, right? Yes, right. And uh, even in my kind of studying and reading into this, I become more and more convinced. You know, for young people especially, we're all like we want to transform the system. Like the system's messed up, and there are absolutely broken systems mm-hmm. that need to be transformed. But a transformed people hold up a transformed system, right? right? I yeah. think of it like. We're building a house. The roof can look great. Sure. Uh, But if the pillars that hold it up are rotting, uh, that great looking roof is going to be a pile of metal uh, in a very short time. Right? So it's like, that's why revival, a move of God that transforms hearts has to happen within any system, within any culture. And the system itself, the structure itself needs to be sound and Mm -hmm. transformed into the image of God as well. Mm -hmm. But so it's been so beautiful. I think for us to be like, How do we see prayer, like you were saying, as not just a great side thing that we need because we believe in prayer, but like this stuff isn't going to happen without the fuel of the house of prayer and without the fuel of transformed, disciple people Mm -hmm. that can hold up transformed systems.
1: Awesome. So let me, uh, obviously we're just getting the motor going here, (laughs) Um, but Brady and Lauren, I know that you guys carry all that's been said, that's what fires you up. Uh, but also uniquely, um, you guys have a unique position and a, uh, an opportunity for activation. You know, we can talk all day long, fire each other up, and then <laughs> really, what do you go do, right? Yeah. And, and I know that's all of our heart. But for you guys, talk a little bit about your heart for transformation and how you see that working out and what we call acts of mercy and other initiatives and those kind of things. Just go for it.
3: Yeah, I think for me, um, I am, you know, it's it's. Well, looking at our generation, it's it's an interesting generation in that we are, you know, wanderlust is a huge thing. People are on Instagram, always seeking the next experience. You know, and in generations past, it's been different things that people have been seeking. Whether it's, you know, the next big item people you know would accumulate things in our generation it seems to be more of the experiences the wanderlust everyone looking on Instagram to see what others are doing and I think that there's a pro- I think there's a prophetic anointing on our generation that that is the secular outcome of happening I think that our generation is called to be those that go that, that have kind of that Pauline anointing to go from place to place and see catalytic movement happen mm-hmm. and they're unsettled with the things of status quo mm-hmm. living and yep. settling and that's and I think it's 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 hard because you can't carry that without the revival yep. you know that's the Reformation side that I think we have a unique calling on as Millennials even as Gen Z or as, as others that are in the young side of things I think that's one of the things that God's doing one of the progressive yep. things God's moving forward yep. into yep. The church, and um, you know, I think that for us having our opportunity to be kind of on the relief and development side, and seeing more of the societal transformation, uh, poverty alleviation, working to try to see those things happen, and trying to catalyze our movement of young people at the same time, uh, it's 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 an interesting dynamic because um, you always have the tension of. Not losing the fire while right. going and doing the work, mm-hmm. and so many people focus on one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and and so I think for us, it's it's that dynamic of how do we empower people and push people into the things God's called them to, mm-hmm. while not foregoing the best practices of keeping yeah. people lit on fire while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's a dynamic that we haven't figured out, but we're excited to work on. We've got some things going on, some different. You know initiatives that we're pushing forward in Myanmar and you know in the U.S. Yeah. and just around the world. So it's been fun to try to push these things forward, but at the same time, I think we're we're really wanting to to have an example of how to do it well, so that we can sure. so that we can scale this thing.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah and I think of. Um, acts of mercy was antioch's initiative years ago to respond to disaster relief right they um our leaders saw the earthquakes happening around the world that were just devastating the famines that were happening and that time where news was really highlighting um what 15 years ago um early 2000s and you i mean when the church sees those If you have a heart of compassion, you want to respond, and so our movement is known to be activators. So Mm -hmm. our leaders above us said, "Let's go, let's respond, let's send medical teams, let's show up." Mm -hmm. Um, So we had Acts of Mercy running for 10 years almost, Mm -hmm. Um, and an awesome problem is that the director of Acts of Mercy decided to go overseas and become a missionary. (laughs) So that fizzled (laughs) out a little bit just with the manpower that was really in the States and just the different focuses that were happening. So it's somewhat been dormant for the last five years. Um, Caleb obviously talked about responding and being in refugee camps in Greece, that was initiative that we kind of pull up Acts of Mercy and say, hey, let's use it because it still is an international name. We had favor on it, let's go. Um, but we had, Antioch had a prophetic word um, given to give into our movement uh, about two, almost two years ago. And one uh, big verse that has been all across Antioch has been Matthew 24:14, which mm-hmm. is, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony yeah. to all nations, and then the end will come. And that's really the you know, what drives all of us of world evangelization and get the word of God Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Let those who have never heard hear because we want Jesus to return. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the prophetic word, though, was, hey, don't forget what comes before Matthew 24, 14, Mm -hmm. which is there'll be war. I'm going to paraphrase it, but wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, Mm -hmm. Jesus himself in the same breath, it looks like, lists all these shakings of the earth that are going to happen. And then all hear, all know, and the end comes. Mm-hmm. And so what the prophetic word was, hey, turn your attention. If you're called to be a finishing generation, a finishing, you know, being a part of bringing the kingdom of God mm-hmm. into the whole world, then you have to be prepared to respond to disasters. Mm-hmm. So that's what was really pitched to Brady and I of, hey, sure. we, so at that time, Brady and I were living in Indonesia, doing like a year stint with a um, missionaries there helping an initiative happening happened. That was awesome. We loved it. And we heard, we kind of felt God tap us on the shoulder and say, Hey, I've, you know, I've called you guys to, to activate your generation, to respond mm-hmm. for world evangelization. Mm-hmm. And we knew in our hearts that that had to do with under, with continuing for revival and, practically figuring out how do you bring Mm -hmm. society transformation Mm -hmm. so acts of mercy we felt from the lord was like hey the church is our church is being called to Mm -hmm. reactivate this disaster response and it historically it's always had a development a piece attached to it you respond and then you figure out what's the community's greatest needs Mm -hmm. okay they had needs before the disaster right Mm -hmm. you rebuild you engage with them Um, And our dream is always that you find people that become disciples of Jesus Mm. and influence their own community. Mm -hmm. But the people of God historically always respond to practical needs as well. And whether it's hunger, education, or Mm. um, just broken systems, injustice, human trafficking. So you look at a disaster Mm -hmm. and it feels like it's... um, an opportunity that the church could step in and say we're going to respond we're going to sew up your wounds we're going to patch you up but then let's also partner along let's get alongside you Mm -hmm. disciple you Mm -hmm. in the ways of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and see that community go above where it was rise above Mm -hmm. that because of jesus because Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. biblical ways and so Anyways, that's what Acts of Mercy is: is really let's send those medical teams, mm-hmm. let's send those first responders in those gaps that happen around the world because because literally the earth is shaking. Um, and also, how do we empower our generation specifically to be activators, to sure. use their specific skill to step into a community and help develop um, it? So, so
1: yeah, so I'm, so I'm sitting here thinking. Uh, you know, we, we started with the word revival and reformation. So we have revival and reformation for world evangelization and transformation. So we just added to our sentence. We got, yeah, but because it's true, right? Is that revival, many times reformation is the good of my neighbor, but making me feel like I did something yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but without world evangelization, without mm-hmm. evangelism at the heart of it, the person can't be transformed mm-hmm. in a society as you already said, can't be sustained. Right. So all these pieces, you know, work together. Yeah. That's why I think it's fun just to be talking about kind of the key wow. lead pieces that you guys are are uh, taken on and that's the other thing that yeah. we all are passionate about
0: is mm-hmm. the ultimate goal is, is not just like hey let's let's pray and then our society's good it's like no th- yeah. we have to actually multiply that across mm-hmm. the earth and right. that, yes. that's the thing that drives all of this for us. Yeah. sure and and I also just wanted to say the, the power in this is also the mutual submission to each other
1: yeah is Huge. that in
0: that in that Caleb's amazing at living in the tension of both these and fueling both of them in right. DC and wherever he goes mm-hmm and then it's like when, I, when I'm running prayer stuff here or have yeah. worship stuff or teachings, everyone's like, hey Brandon, show us what you're doing. We're jumping in with you. These are some of the most faithful people in the prayer room, cables sure. leading there. And then when they're, these guys are passionate about me and more, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, tell me how I can jump on. Sure. Stuff's going on in society. I want to learn, how are you transforming people? Right. I run to them. We're running to each other mm-hmm. yeah. and what God has placed in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And as we learn from each other and lean on each other and support one another, we're not siloing ourselves, but the power is in sure. the fact that we are all equipping each other and all
1: mm. rising up mm.
0: maturing yes. as the body of Christ together. And yeah. that's the
1: power of us moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, man, we're just kind of getting out of the gate. And uh, and w- maybe what I want to say for today's conversation I hope the people listening are stirred personally and it's giving you a few little practical handles of, okay, this is where Antioch's going mm-hmm. uh, because it's you guys. Uh, the, you know, the, my belief is that every generation should be better than the one before it. We're not trying to just reclaim a generation. Mm -hmm. We're trying to build off of a generation. And and it is my joy when you guys, and hundreds if not thousands of others, I get around to see that are being empowered and living out the gospel in the kingdom. Um, And I'm I'm excited. I mean, like my hope level is just out the roof when we talk. And my expectation is that, hey, we are gonna activate a generation like never before. For not only Reformation, but for transformation uh, yeah. through the gospel and the power of God. So, hey, I want to just end this time, and then I'm going to come back around and do a just personal interview with each of you guys, and we'll just keep this dialogue going with our young adults and uh, in, in God's hope. But Lauren, at the end of this little gathering you guys had in the fall, God gave you something unique out of Proverbs 31 that wow. I thought was so powerful yep. in that Pray for us, and that'll that'll they'll end our time for today.
4: So I took Proverbs 31, and um, I took it out of the Passion Translation just because it gave me a different perspective. And I really felt what was highlighted is this woman that it's talking about, and the king that it's talking about, um, could represent a church of the last day, of the mm. one a church that could finish um, the calling of everyone mm-hmm. hearing and knowing and. Mm. What felt highlighted was that it was a church that walked in authority and intercession. And those Mm -hmm. are the two things that we've kind of been talking about. Authority in in society and intercession and Mm -hmm. bringing. So, I'll pray like that and I'm going to weave a few of my own thoughts into it. So, Mm -hmm. um, who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty Mm -hmm. valor. valor. Mm -hmm. Lord, let the church be full of strength, be Mm -hmm. full of courage, be that fighting prayer warrior we are called to be she's full of wealth and wisdom the price paid for her was greater than many jewels thank you Jesus that you paid the greatest price for us her husband has entrusted his heart to her Jesus we look to you that you have entrusted your heart to the church for she will bring him the rich spoils of victory all throughout her life she brings him what is good and not evil she searches out continually to possess that which is pure mm-hmm. and righteous. Mm-hmm. Jesus with the church be ones who seek out what is pure and righteous. Mm-hmm. She delights in the work of her hands. I just thank you, Lord, that you want to teach us how to work and work hard and mm-hmm. use our skills to bring you delight. She gives out revelations mm-hmm. truth to feed others. She is not a she is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Lord, as we're in our different spheres of society, would we have those divine um, wisdom and revelation from you, from heaven, Mm -hmm. and would we bring it down to earth? Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and others. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, Mm. carrying it with her. Mm. Would we carry the nations of you on our hearts, the nations of the world? She labors there to plant the living vines. Would we be plant church uh, church planters, Lord? Would we plant Mm -hmm. all around the world, bringing hope to people? She wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance, and her shining light will not be extinguished, no matter how dark the night. She stretches out her hands to help the needy, and she lays hold of the wheels of government. Lord, mm-hmm. we just believe that you're raising up a generation that walks in righteousness and has influence mm-hmm. from the bottom, the most yes. maybe, to the top yes. in government. Mm-hmm. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor, She, for she always reaches out her hand to those in need. Mm-hmm. She is not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in the dual yes. garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, purple gown mm-hmm. of ex- exquisite linen. Her husband, you lord, are famous and admired by all. You're sitting to judge your people. Even her works of righteousness she does for the betterment of her for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as living instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the work, the ways of her household and meets every need they have. Yeah, and it keeps going, but Lord, I just thank you that we are called to be a radiant church that represents you, that walks in righteousness and holiness and um, has that just authority that Daniel had to live yes, in yes, a Babylon culture, but um, walked in that righteousness, yes. walked in the ways of God, stood for the ways of God, um, and influenced nations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Give mm-hmm. our generation that kind of power and strength and perspective Mm -hmm. um, and heart for revival and reformation Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus
3: amen amen Amen.
1: Amen. all right love you guys and uh, again that's a wrap for today but uh, hey take these nuggets of truth go walk it out live it out share it everywhere you go and let's see the move of God we've longed for
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.